0: On behalf of the Episcopal Diocese of Maine, welcome to this eight-episode series, Seeking the Gift of Hope. Our guest is Father Martin Smith. Martin is well known throughout the Episcopal Church and beyond as a spiritual director, a retreat and workshop leader, and an author whose books exploring contemporary spirituality have gained a wide readership. His books include A Season for the Spirit, The Word is Very Near You, Love Set Free, Compass and Stars, and Reconciliation. We hope that you will find each episode in this series thought-provoking in this time of uncertainty and a stimulus to prayer and conversation. Share this podcast with your friends and your faith community and explore with them different facets of hope as a gift of God, the Holy Spirit.
1: Thank you for joining the ongoing conversation we are calling Seeking the Gift of Hope. Today's theme is summed up in a verse from the glorious 8th chapter of Paul's letter to the Christian community in Rome. In hope we were saved. It captures the tension that everyone who lives in Christ will experience between the already and the not yet We were saved once and for all by God's action in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But our salvation is a work in progress. We are growing into our life in Christ. Furthermore, our salvation is bound to be radically incomplete. It cannot come to maturity until God finally draws everyone into that fullness of life. When, as Paul said, God will be all... In all, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty-eight. We can explore every aspect of Christian life with these three tenses in mind. We can consider what we have already been given, what we are growing into, and what we still have to yearn and wait for. Let's start with already, a key word in Christian spirituality. It is grounded in the reality of baptism, which powerfully symbolizes the fact that when it comes to God, there is no such thing as a shallow end to the pool. We are immersed in God, united with Christ, indwelt by the Spirit from the start, and all Christian life is a matter of experiencing what we already possess. Thomas Merton gave this teaching to a friend shortly before his death. In prayer we experience what we already possess through our incorporation through baptism into Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You start where you are and you deepen what you have and you realise that you are already there. Everything has been given to us in Christ but we don't know it and we don't experience it. All we have to do is to experience what we already possess. So when it comes to seeking the gift of hope, we don't expect to be zapped from heaven above. God's work with us and for us is an inside job. When we seek the gift of hope, We are seeking to experience something we actually already have in the Spirit who dwells in our hearts, drinking from the wellspring of the Spirit. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life, Jesus promises the Samaritan woman in John 4.14. We are already hope-filled people because we are already spirit-filled people. What we need is to draw on this source, grow into it. Let it struggle with our resistance. Let it have its healing way with the negativity to which fear makes us so vulnerable. Now, when it comes to accepting the fact that we already have the hope engendering spirit as a gift in our hearts, we can learn a lot from a particular metaphor for the spirit that Paul uses. He teaches us that we experience the spirit as a down payment or first installment. Paul was a businessman, an expert in the manufacture of awnings and tents. The Greek word "arabon" that he uses about the Spirit is an everyday commercial term. It means a free sample, or a down payment, a mortgage instalment, or a guarantee. Paul uses this secular term to drive home that we have indeed received the Holy Spirit, but there will be far more to come. We have received enough of the Spirit to be going on with, but the fullness of the Spirit is yet to envelop and transform us. We can't receive the fullness of the Spirit until all receive the fullness of the Spirit. Meanwhile, we focus on working out our own salvation in fear and trembling. Philippians 2.12 what does the work of the Spirit in us feel like now in what I call the difficult meantime? I'm going to read this key passage, Romans 8, verses 18 to 25. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We have received the first fruits of the Spirit, a metaphor taken from the tender first pickings of any new crop. But we don't yet experience what Paul calls the redemption of our bodies. We are only beginning to experience the full crop of the benefits of the Spirit, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Galatians 5.22 They are far from having taken root in our hearts yet. So paradoxically we experience the spirit in our deepening sense of how far we still have to go. And this is painful. We groan inwardly. But there is much more to this pain than an individual sense that there is a long way to go before God's love completely has its way with us. The Spirit's main work in us in the difficult meantime is to deepen our empathy with the suffering world. What is most striking about Paul's teaching in Romans is that the spirit deepens our vulnerability to our empathy with our solidarity with the struggles of the whole world in which so many of god's children lack the basic conditions that make for a full human life and are so alienated from one another and from god the pain christians feel in the spirit comes from the sense that we are in fact all in this together as God's offspring, and we cannot possibly be fully saved ourselves, unless all are. The Spirit's main work now is to burst our personal self-referential bubbles, dismantle our tribal loyalties that make life all about us, that is just us, our people. The Spirit has to break our hearts so that we recognise that we cannot be fulfilled until all are fulfilled. The Spirit undermines our deep-dyed us-and-them mindsets. There is no us-and-them. There is only us. We are saved in hope And a hope that leaves others out is no hope at all, but a symptom of false, sick religiosity. Ours is a double hope. For all to be given the conditions for healthy, creative, cherished and secure lives in community during this life. And for all to share in God's eternity beyond death's reach. In this time of turmoil, the spirit is at work compelling us to recognise that we are one interconnected world, that our old divisions and tribalisms are lethal and intolerable. The spirit is stirring up in those who have been apathetic, biased and unseeing more empathy and solidarity with those who are struggling for justice. Turmoil makes us feel very inept at prayer. It's hard to find words for all this pain and striving. This makes Paul's further words in Romans 8 so powerful in this moment. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that Spirit intercedes for us, with sighs too deep for words. Please join me next week as we explore the personal spirituality of hope in an episode called Becoming a Hopeful Person. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine.